0: Hey there, you're listening to the Fanboys Strike Back Weekly Review Podcast, Episode 47. I'm Eric and we are the fanboys of strike back uh,
1: we love comics every week we go to the store we spend way way too much money probably on these books that we love um, one of us will pick what we thought was the best book of that week we'll write a review of that on our site fanboystrikeback.com and then we come here to the podcast and we talk about those select books uh, we're going to talk about everything so there are going to be spoilers so you don't want to be spoiled you might want to pause and come back later Um, and Eric, it was your turn this week, so what was the best thing that you read?
0: Uh, well, the thing that I ended up having the most fun reading, I guess, was New Avengers 44, Mm -hmm. and I was, I guess it wasn't the best thing, because, I mean, I was ultimately disappointed, but I ended up kind of laughing out loud at at certain bits of it, and I don't think it was intentionally funny, but I, I had a good time with it, (laughs) But I, you know, the cover—you have the Illuminati together—and I thought, oh, you know, yes, we're going to get another Illuminati story. I thought this is going to be fantastic. Well, the Illuminati really aren't in this book at all. It turns out what we're seeing is uh, the scrolls are cloning the the Earthlings, and they clone the Illuminati. And basically, the Illuminati clones figure out what they are, and basically, the the scrolls put them down. And what we see throughout the book is the scrolls' inability to figure out how to. Uh, gain access to the, or or infiltrate earth without being detected. And what they do is they clone Reed Richards until Reed figures out a way for them to do it. And that's, and that's where they got the new cloaking device from. Right. Now I thought that was interesting. And what, what this did was like, I was really, I, I'm not a big Reed Richards fan. Like for some reason he just scrubs me the wrong way. But in this book I was like, that's, that's pretty impressive. Like I've really enjoyed the scene where it was set up between him and Franklin in, and uh, he was talking about how when he finally devised the plan, uh-huh. and I was like, even though it was fake, it was really touching. I really enjoyed that. But I think what I love most of all is like the scrolls kind of come off a little stupid, look like, like a little bumbling in this book. Yeah, that's and weird. and I, I don't know, like <laughs> if I can really consider them like a, that much of a threat after this, but like their solution to like every experiment that they have running in this book is just like sloppily massacring all the clones in the room. Like, there's there's no switch. They don't, like, just, you know, put them down gently or anything like that. It's always like, okay, we're done here. And then, like, someone gets the su- Super scroll like, thing-fist and just starts smashing, like, th- the bloods everywhere. And it happens, like, what, two or three times in this book, and they're like, we're done here. Boom! We're done. Yeah, they're, not very, <laughs> they're not very subtle about it. There is no subtlety at all. And they even, like, say so at the end. They're like, uh, that was uh, kind of... That was distasteful, and, <laughs> you know. It's like, yeah, like aren't don't these guys have like one ounce of like smoothness to them or anything like that? I don't know. I kind of <laughs> laughed, but I, I I did think the revelation of how they got their idea from Reed's clone uh, was really interesting. And and yeah, yeah it's, I that was cool too. It's kind of it's kind of um, uh, I don't know. It's very science fictiony. You can't you can't think too. About it because it's like they could have done this years ago or anything like that. But I, I thought for the story purpose, that's that's a really interesting thing that they didn't come up with that it was actually Reed Richards' mind that that let them have that. So I was like, eh. you know, that that put an interesting spin on everything.
1: Yeah.
0: Although I really wanted to see the Illuminati deck
1: Yeah. The the cover was a little bit misleading. Um, and I was kind of surprised because I honestly didn't expect to get. An explanation of why the scrolls like can't be detected. I was just like, oh, they're scrolls. They figure something out. I wasn't worried about that. I, I didn't think that that was going to be one of these things that had to be revealed. But like, yeah, the the tones of this book were kind of off sometimes. Like, at, Bendis has like sometimes Bendis writes the scrolls as like these religious zealots, you know, and they have these ceremonies and they're very traditional. And then on the other side, they're they're savages, you know. So yeah. it's kind of their needs there. I personally like the religious zealots, like the scrolls, as an actual society, better. Um, so it's hard to take take them serious when they do stuff like they did in this book. But I agree the idea. Um, the idea that they had to keep they basically kept on cloning Reed Richards. And finding a way to break him down. I mean, they tried to. They basically they killed his family in front of him, and he didn't break. And it took them, you know, to, to use his own son Franklin against him in this way, that you know, as as readers were outside the story looking in, we're, you're like, that's really like really messed up. But, yeah, um, it was.
0: It's true. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it was. There were some highs and some lows, but the overall idea I thought was really cool. The book I want to talk about real quick. It was not the best book I read, but it was really good. It was uh, Trinity Number Thirteen this week? Really? Um, well, I. I <laughs> Here's the thing: is that again, I'm still buying this for Bagley and i there still isn't a overall story the overall story is that there's something going on with batman superman and wonder woman and still hasn't been revealed yet but they've been fighting the crime syndicate you know like i told you about a couple weeks back
0: yeah.
1: and i'm just i'm just kind of having fun with this because i've never really been exposed to the crime syndicate and this is just basically pure fighting um what is very interesting and which i've never seen before which is really cool is that the 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 big 3 are somehow getting their they're getting their minds and emotions are kind of melding together so what we see in this issue is that superman is on um, the crime scene of the earth and he's really upset with you know how they run things and he basically says I'm going to just to take the fight to them and what you see is that it's Clark has lost most of his personality and his personality is more replaced with Diana's and Bruce's so he has Diana's fighting spirit and he basically is a dick like like Bruce's and he's he's thinking this the whole time like you see his internal monologue and he's like you know he's he's fighting the crime syndicate, and he's like you know part of me wants to end this quick and fast like Diana would and the other part wants me to make this last and I want you know I want to make them hurt like Bruce would and he just starts doing like a combination of the two and this is the most badass superman i've seen in quite a while like he takes out the the ultraman and the superwoman whatever you know Mm -hmm. in a snap and he does it in these inventive ways that superman wouldn't normally do you know he he um flies up to ultraman and he basically starts using all these pressure points on him at super speed which is something that bruce would do and it was just very very inventive and I mean, this is no, by means, no, like, it's not a great book, but I really like this idea. I really like this issue. I thought it was just fun. Like, this was just a fun comic book. Okay.
0: Huh. Well, that's interesting. Um, Another one that I really enjoyed this week was uh, Catwoman number 82. This is the last issue of the series uh, by Will Pfeiffer. And... The last issue had left off with kind of Selena at a crossroads and if you've been paying attention to DC's ads they've been kind of showing that she might return back to being a villain again and I'm not a big fan of that. I like her as kind of the anti-hero like walking in the gray, living in the gray and I think she works well. You know, she's a character who's matured to that spot so uh, the last issue left off with a cliffhanger of Batman confronting her because she just robbed a society ball and stuff like that and he's saying like you know, you're not being Robin Hood. You're not. There, there's no good in in this. What you're doing, like, you're just straight up robbing people. And she's like, "Yeah, I know." And she kind of uh, starts off on a little chase with him, saying, "You know, everything that w- we've built up over the last several years between us, everything that's happened." She's like, "That's all about to change." And that how it was how the last issue left off. So what this issue does is, she's kind of uh, picks up the same point with Batman chasing her. She's just stolen his belt for, for fun. Basically she's trying to get him to chase her and she's uh, just playing. It's just the cat and mouse game. Like there's this sexual tension is really, really strong between the two of them. Um, It was fantastic. And basically Bruce is kind of confronting her with all these things that have happened. He's like, you know, allowing herself to give up her daughter in the last year. Um, And basically what Bruce tells her is that she, this is the life that she chose that she chose to give up her child and if she wanted to she could have gone off and not been catwoman anymore and and found a way to do it and she at first she fights that notion and then she realizes that he's kind of right and um that this is kind of who she is and she accepts that she wants to be catwoman still and and not really be a good guy but kind of and still not be a bad guy but kind of go back to her original roots as like just doing kind of what she's out for, kind of very much like the um, animated series version. And so the end of it, like she, she confronts Bruce and they kind of have a, a, a talk, but then she goes off and she ends up stealing the Batmobile and, and driving off into the sunset. And she's like, I'm Catwoman. This is who I am. And so it was a good fitting into the series. Like I, I still will Pfeiffer handled her very, very well. And I, I, I hope that if they do have another series that it's on par with this level, it was a very good series.
1: Um, well, if I would have had to pick a book of the week this week, it had to have been uh, Justice Society of America, number 18. It was good. Oh, damn, this was good. This is, you know, we've been talking about this book, you know, every time it comes out about how good it is. Um, But stuff, like something huge actually happened in this issue. Um, We finally, is it, it's Magog? I, I, I
0: guess, guess, yeah.
1: Uh, we finally found out who Magog is, um, and it is the the descendant of who is it? Thomas Jefferson? No. Um,
0: uh, Franklin Roosevelt. Franklin
1: Roosevelt, the little army guy. And I did not see this coming at all, and I feel like maybe I should have.
0: I, yeah, I mean, I'd heard theories that, that might be what happens, but I was just like, I was still surprised, like, oh shit, there he is. Like w- when he when he gets up at the end and the look that the uh, other the, the old Superman has as he's looking at him, like I'm I'm wondering like are they still gonna take him in that direction as far as becoming the more yeah. uh, you know, the more uh, violent hero, uh, the hero that's a, not afraid to break rules because that's really where um, they it, it kind of sounded like he was going in it because he was kind of giving a little speech before he died as far as like we should help these people, and this is what we should do, we should take action, you know, and that's the whole thing, but then also, he's been uh, kind of brought into the Justice League, and I'm wondering if that is going to temper him, or if they're really going to go that far with uh, Magog. So, I'm really... The thing is,
1: is that, still, I'm still liking Gog as a character. Like, the guy hasn't done anything bad. He's just like, I mean, some of his methods, in terms of punishing people and turning them into trees, not very cool, but still, he hasn't done it. It's like, the whole time you know something really bad is going to happen with all this, and it still hasn't, and, like, it makes it that much worse, and it makes it that much better, because you're just like, oh, this is so good, but it's going to get bad, and I'm pretty sure you called it. It looks like, you know, there's going to be a line drawn between the JSA now, between those who believe Gog and those who don't, and I don't know. I just don't want damage Damage's face to go back to being mangled up.
0: That's I the like thing that's like... I'm-
1: it's he's, good he's, to have him back. Yeah, he's, like, he's, he's got his confidence back, and he's trying to uh, hit on the Judo Master, and it's just, like, I mean, we haven't seen a happy Grant, you know, at all. Yeah,
0: and, uh, you, you mentioned things like that, and, like, the whole time I'm, like, just nervous, because I'm, like, it, any second, like, it's going to snap back into, like, how, how it was, because, you know, like, Sandman being able to finally get a good night's sleep and things like that, and I'm just, like, Oh, man, this is going to suck when, it, <laughs> when that rubber band snaps. Back. But, uh, no, it, it was really, really good.
1: Yeah, that's, this is a good book. I mean, every issue gets better and better.
0: In the other direction, uh, a series that went out with a fizzle was Teen Titans Year One. Yes,
1: uh, so true.
0: was so disappointed by the end of this book. Oh, man. Yeah. This was... Like, it. it it seemed like it lost its direction after Chapter 3 when they completed that initial storyline of saving the mentors. Right. And really, if they stretched that out, like they might have had something, even even if they did just a four-issue miniseries. But this this just went on way too long. And now we had a villain, basically, that was a part of that initial storyline. And it attacked, kind of attacked the Teen Titans in their dreams or attacked Robin in his dreams. And then they got together and they stand together and, okay, we got to fight it. And they skipped over the entire fight. Yep. Like, the last thing we saw was like, you know, here's the thing. And they're like, tie this together. Next page, they're done. Well, <laughs> and the, the worst
1: part was like, it's the it ends with Batman instant messaging Robin, and I was like, really? That's how this whole thing is gonna end off?
0: Yeah, it's like, come home. <laughs>
1: just come and that's
0: home. it. It's like okay. Um, yeah,
1: there was know? no overall story. There was there wasn't a, really a, a a coming together of Titans. You know, it was just it was, this was weird you know and like i said this is my second year one you know and going from the green arrow year one which was like so deep and so involved in his origin to this mm-hmm. it was just like oh that's it was so disappointing the yeah, art was yep. still good it's great but, but yeah. the story not so much um x men legacy number 215 um, we finally have a showdown between Charles Xavier and Scott Summers. So, so is, it, this is
0: this is current, or is this a flashback? This is current.
1: So this is more rectifying the stuff that happened in Messiah Complex. So Scott Summers officially knows that Charles Xavier is alive and well after he was shot.
0: So he, he's, he's healed now.
1: Xavier's healed, yes. Yeah, so what happened, basically... What's been going on in Legacy is that he was healed by Exodus, um, but he doesn't really have all of his memories, okay. and so he's kind of trying to go back, and he's trying to figure some stuff out, and he found out that he was really connected to um, Sinister, that Sinister had a, a big part in, basically, in everything in Charles Xavier's life, and Sinister was around him as a child, and, and it was great. It was, the X-Men Legacy... I am horribly surprised to say it, but it's been the best X-Men book post-Messiah Complex, you know, hands down. Mm. Um, In this issue, we get... Um, Xavier basically implants a thought into Scott's mind that Scott needs to go camping and he needs to go check out this place. And once Scott gets there, Xavier's there. And obviously Scott's really upset because Scott figures out that I'm not here of my own free will. You're you're messing with my mind, and you know the relationship between the two hasn't been good lately, and this is not helping. And it's it's actually it's really cool. It's it's really like the father son kind of relationship that we've seen, but some very cool tidbits that we get is that with everything that Xavier has learned about Sinister lately and his own past, he's really starting to like wonder what's going on with sinister and scott because sinister has always had this obsession with the summer's family and scott in particular and you kind of learn some new tidbits that sinister was the one who watched out for scott in the orphanage and like it was just like this basic question where like xavier's like you know your glasses where did you first get them and scott's like you know i just had them he's like well obviously you know someone had to give them to you and Scott thinks about it, and it was Sinister who first gave Scott his glasses. Hmm. And then you know, Sinister's actual name is Nathan. And Scott kind of thinks about it, and he, or Xavier thinks about it, and you know, Xavier's like, "Did you realize that you know you named your son Nathan? Do you think that's just some kind of coincidence, or you know, just look at the pieces of the puzzle?" And I was like, "Oh my, oh my gosh, he did. The cable's name <laughs> is Nathan. What's going on?" And it that I mean this this was a, this was a very subtle issue, but it was just good. This was almost like um it was almost like a Bendis dialogue issue of Ultimate Spider Man where nothing happened but everything happens, you know? Huh. Um
0: that sounds, this, sounds really good.
1: Yeah, and it, it basically leaves off with um Scott calling in some reinforcements and, and Emma showing up and Emma kind of going into Xavier's mind, and it's going to be kind of Scott and Emma versus Xavier now, but this has been a really, really good book. I did not like Mike Carey for the first, like, year he was on X-Men, but for the past year, he's just been doing amazing work.
0: Huh. That sounds pretty interesting. I have to go pick that up. Uh, The surprise for me of the week was Teen Titans number 62. Uh, this has been a book that I've been steadily kind of disappointed with the direction that it took. Right. And this issue dealt with uh, the characters of Marvin and Wendy. Ah, uh,
1: oh, your favorite, the Wonder Twins.
0: Well, they, they they weren't the Wonder Twins. They were the characters that were introduced in the, in the Super Friends cartoon prior to the Wonder Twins with Wonder Dog. And then after they got rid of these two, they introduced the Wonder Twins. So these were the original teen sidekicks that didn't have any superpowers at all. And they, in the one year later books, they brought these into the Teen Titan. They didn't really seem to have any place. They just kind of hung out in the tower. They did kind of techie stuff. And this issue focuses on them. And um, it was actually really good. Like, there's a lot of character examination. Like, they feel like they don't belong there. They're bored. They feel like they're kind of uh, a waste there. And the whole time, uh, they're, they're outside walking around, and they find this dog that shows up on the island. They don't. I don't know how it got there, but they're kind of excited and they adopt it and bring it in. Well, it's it, they put someone ends up putting a cape on it, and it's a, it's a nod to the old Wonder Dog that was in the series as well in the old Hanna Barbera series. But um, there's also some really cool moments between like um, Cassie and Tim, and they're talking, and Tim's really like stressing out, like with all they mention all the stuff that's happening in Gotham, and he's kind of losing control of the team because they're they they're losing members left and right. Uh, Miss Martian quits the team in this issue. Um, so there's a lot of great little character moments, but then the surprise at the end was, uh, someone had sent this dog to the island and basically what it is, it's not a dog. It's like a, some, it's some kind of like, it looks like the creature from Ghostbusters, like the devil dog. And it kind of morphed into that at the end. But, um, like it, it basically like slaughters, uh, Marvin and Wendy it kills and them? they are, oh yeah. Like, well, really? first of all, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Looking at the issue, like we see Wendy walk into Marvin's room because there's a, like a, she goes to ask him a question. Basically, the dog's in there and it's it's in the Ghostbusters form, and like his he he looks dead. They don't they don't they don't get much deader than that. <laughs> so uh, basically, she, and she runs. It's almost exactly out of Ghostbusters. Now that I'm watching it, she runs down the hall. All the lights are off, but like the dog bursts out of the door into the hallway and starts chasing her. And she gets in the elevator and tries to go down. And basically the dog, um, she's, it's kind of tragic because uh, she's like calling for someone on the intercom and all the Titans are downstairs training and it's like crackling. It's not working correctly and she gets out and the dog's still chasing her and basically uh, at the end um, she's terrified and backing into a corner and then it just, it gets her. Like you, you keep thinking like, well, someone's, something's going to come and save her. Like in the last minute, some, something is going to come in and, and, and help her. Mm. Nope. Nope. Didn't happen. Like basically you see basically the jaws going for her and she's just crying and screaming at the last minute. And then you see Tim like on the intercom, like, is anyone there? Like he, was, he walks away. He's like, I guess not. And, uh, the dog gets away and we find out it was, um, it, it looks like Ares, but I don't know who it actually is that owns the, or that sent the dog there. But, um, I was just shocked. I was like, wow, that was a really vicious comic. I, I don't know where that came from, but it definitely set up an interesting premise. Like someone's bumping off uh, Titan's,
1: Interesting. Yeah, you so, I mean, it seems weird that they would actually go back to those characters and then just kill them in that issue.
0: I guess. I yeah. I mean, I don't know if they just didn't. They, they realized that after like two years or so, like they just don't have anything to do with them. Yeah. You know. I mean, they or well, it was one year yeah, later, you've like two thousand. I've
1: seen them like three times. You know.
0: And, yeah, they're just kind of there and taking up space. It's like they they don't serve any purpose, and when you can use them in a dramatic effect like that. You know, they they serve a purpose for the story, and you know it, it worked. So unless they just take the the uh, low path and and bring them back next issue, which it doesn't look like they're going to, yeah. but um, I was like, well, I, I was just shocked. I was like, well, wow, wow, I can't believe they went for it. So it was it was an, it was a good book. I'm I'm interested, finally interested to see where this goes. So
1: and is McKeever still writing it? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I gave up on that book a while ago. Um, last book I wanna mention is Wolverine, number sixty eight. Not gonna say much about it other than the fact that Mark Miller is on his game. This um story is shaping up to be something really big and I think a lot of people agree. Um It's I'm not you I'm not usually big on alternate realities and futures and timelines and stuff, but this one's pretty cool. Like, you know, the world where all the villains have won and these heroes are just defeated it's just it's it's the exact opposite of what we're reading like this is the exact opposite of what wolverine is in every single book and it's just very refreshing to see like a a very very human and weak side to him and there are some twists and turns with hawkeye's daughter and the end and steve mcniven's art is gorgeous it's just, like, he's at the top of his game, and I, I hope that this story keeps on progressing and that it has a great ending, because this is going to be a great trade and a great story to have. Um, but I love it. It's just, it's just so good.
0: Yeah, and um, I, I, I'm the opposite. I love alternate reality stories. I love Elseworlds tales and things like that. And basically, like, th- what this is is it's... it's Wolverine's Dark Knight Return story, basically, like it's older. It's it's him, and he's kind of gone soft. And it's the, the the whole story arc is, you know, eventually going to be him coming back. You know, sure. the the true Logan coming back. And and I'm totally fine with that. I, I love that premise. I love exploring it with Logan's character. Hawkeye does play kind of the the Green Arrow role um, and stuff like that. But there's so many great little thing about Hawkeye. It's great. is, like he still hasn't lost his sense of humor, uh-huh. and I, I love that. And there was so much so many great little character moments in this book. I love Voltron giving Logan the X-Men keychain.
1: That was really good. Yeah.
0: He said luck. You know, I was like, I was like, yeah, that was, that was fantastic. Um, the, the interesting thing with the new Kingpin and kind of the execution of the new Punisher and the new daredevil is like, you know, there's, there's dinosaurs. I'm like, where, where, where the hell are these dinosaurs come from? <laughs> but uh, I don't care. I'm just going to, I'm going to go with it. You know? Okay. We're, we're, we're on the roller coaster. We can't get off now. So I'm not going to complain. Yeah. Um, and then you know they rescue uh, Hawkeye's daughter, which is Peter Parker's granddaughter, and she's the new Spider Girl. And basically, like, and he even called it earlier. It's like I always kind of figured she'd be like a badass villain type, and she—that's exactly what she turns out to be. Like, she takes, she kills the Kingpin with like, a, like a shotgun, but she doesn't shoot him. She just oh, swings at she it just, and takes it off. Yeah, was like, that
1: was pretty brutal.
0: And um, and she she says she's gonna take his place basically that that's the rules of the land it's it's uh it, it's very uh eat or be eaten type of thing and she's about ready to uh take it to Hawkeye at the end and and Logan's there in the driver's seat and he's like damn you for making me do this and so it's like it looks like he's gonna get back in the fight and it was it was good a lot like I said a lot of great little character moments and I'm totally fine if it's if it's the Wolverine's version of Dark Knight Returns like I'd I'll, I'll never get tired of that premise, so.
1: Yeah, and it's just, like, I I'm almost, I almost don't even care about the Logan aspect of the story. Like, I'm more concerned with, like, what's the, how things have changed, you know? Like, the, the layout of this land, and I really want to know who the president is. I guess, apparently, I've heard, I think it was on uh, Clock Talks forums, uh, that it could be Gene Grey. which.
0: That's what everyone always says.
1: Yeah, that's true. But I don't know. Like I just I feel like it's it's a brand new world, you know, it's like coming into well being in comics, we know everything and that's like the, that's our thing. Like we know all this continuity, we know everything, and then all of a sudden having this fresh and clean world where everything's different, it's just it's very exciting.
0: Yeah. No, it's it's great. Every time we get a glimpse as to like how bad things have gotten, that's what I love. Yeah. And so that's that's great. Uh, last book I want to talk about real quick is DC Universe Last Will and Testament one shot by Brad Meltzer. I, Identity Crisis is one of my favorite books, and I loved his run on Green Arrow too. So I'm always constantly looking for like something that's going to be up to that caliber. And Justice League was not it. Right. Um, I would pick this up hoping it was going to be it, um, and it was it was good. There's as far as it tying into Final Crisis, it doesn't really do that because things don't match up, but. I don't really um,
1: understand uh, the whole, the like, I, I understand the premise is, like, if it was your last, if the world's going to end, if it was your last night, what would people do? Yeah. But I don't understand why, like...
0: That doesn't fit in with the story at all.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, is this just, like, an, an out-of-continuity, just, like, what-if kind of thing?
0: It's supposed to be a final crisis tie-in, but, it, like, Batman's captured, Superman's gone, it, it doesn't make sense, but but ignoring that like i can i can get past that cuz i'm not that deeply involved in it um i really enjoyed like the point uh the parts with um oh grace from the outsiders you know talking to the to the one of the challengers in the confessional and talking about uh beliefs and things like that and then also we get revisited to the scene of In identity crisis where starfire and dick grayson are at the graves of his parents and she's she goes there looking for him because she wants to be with him on the last night. And she's like, where are you? And then we go to a really great scene with uh, Bruce and Tim. And, and uh, the whole thing of like, uh, Tim trying to, or, or uh, kind of a bonding moment between the two of them when they're about ready to swing into swing down into the city. And he's like, this is the best part. This is what I, I live for. And then all of a sudden Dick shows up and he's like, the attention always goes to the firstborn. And it, it was a, there was a really nice page with, uh, Bruce and dick swinging off and in, into the city with tim kind of trailing behind and i felt kind of bad for him at the end and initially i wasn't sure i was like would would tim really feel that way but regardless i thought it was a nice little character study and and the book was basically full of moments like that there was a great paw kent clark kent scene i where he he uh paw kent scolds clark for cursing which i, I love yeah um but the, the crux of the story was about Geoforce trying to get revenge on Deathstroke for the death oh, of his sister. Oh my
1: gosh, what is with Meltzer and Geoforce?
0: I, I don't get it. First of all, Geoforce is like, you know, a, an old outsider's character. And the whole thing about uh, Terra and Deathstroke was a Teen Titans story from 1984. I mean, uh, what how, crap? I
1: mean, he puts that's, guy that's an the... old story. Has, has anyone ever, like, done anything with the fact that he was in the JLA for, like, two issues? I mean, has that? Is he no, because
0: he disappeared right after that. Like, he was, oh, that's he right, was he never,
1: took off. He's like, I gotta go do some stuff.
0: Yeah, like, and he was never in it again. Um, I, I did enjoy the confrontation between the two of them. I, I, I thought it was great. And I was like, the part where he slid his throat, I was like, wow, okay, again, like, I can't, can't believe, it was like the Teen Titans issue, I was like, I can't believe they did that. But then, like, he survived And I was like, no one's going to survive. You, you, you see, like, how deep he slit his throat. Like, he's Wait, not... who,
1: who slit his throat?
0: Geoforce slit his own throat. Why, do
1: you, why did he slit his own throat?
0: Did, did you not read this? No,
1: I didn't get
0: it. Oh, okay, yeah. Because um, basically, what we find out is Deathstroke had been... Because the whole time Geoforce was getting, like... He's telling people how he's going to go after Deathstroke. Or Ge- Geoforce is telling people he's going to go after Deathstroke. And, like, he's saying, like, should I murder him? Should I kill him? for what he's done to me. And it's like, and people are telling me, you know, here's, here's don't kill. You know, if you have to do something in the heat of battle, that's one thing. But if you go in premeditated, you know, that's, that's not what heroes do. And basically goes to confront him and, and, uh, of course, Deathstroke takes him out like within a second. And, um uh, he basically throws his swords at Geoforce's knees and, and pins him to a, a garbage dumpster behind him. And it was like, damn, like, he, he just ended it, like, Geoforce shows up ready to fight, and Deathstroke just ends it, and it was, it was a really cool scene, but, um, what we find out is Deathstroke starts taunting Geoforce is, like, the same thing we did to you, you know, we, we put your sister through the hoops, and, you know, how she got crazy, how she got angry all the time, that was us engineering her into a weapon, and what the, the thing was, we lost control of her, and she ended up killing herself, and that, and, um, and she just went crazy, and he's like, we've been doing the same thing to you. How much you noticed? How much you've been getting angry lately, and and things like that. And so, basically, what we find out is Deathstroke's been engineering this whole thing. And so, to stop Deathstroke, which is GeoForce's main goal, was to defeat Deathstroke. He basically slits his own throat with one of uh, Deathstroke's swords to to put an end to Deathstroke's project. And at that point, he's like, you know, you you don't know how much I've invested. You you can't take this away from me, and stuff like that. And 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 even after slitting his own throat, he stabs Deathstroke through the through the abdomen with his with his sword. Which I'm like, okay, at that point, after he slit his throat, like if he just killed over and died, that would have been perfect. Right. But um, it's like he's not going to stab anybody after that. He's not going to be able to talk after that. And the next scene is him in a hospital bed, like he's got a a on his throat and stuff like that. If if they ever have him talk again, they shouldn't. But I was just like, they that can't be. It, it, was, it was a good book with a weak finish, I thought. So I, I, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't what I was looking for from El It wasn't Identity Crisis. Sadly, it looks like he might have uh, kind of blown his wall on, on that one and we're not going to get something like that again. But um, it, it, was, it, it had a lot of what I liked about Identity Crisis, which were the small character moments. But unfortunately, it kind of failed in its final execution.
1: Okay, I'm, I'm going to go on a little rant here and just indulge me, please. Okay. But like This is the whole thing that I don't like, is because I, I knew, coming from the premise of this story that I knew about, I didn't have any, like, there's nothing in me that wanted to read this book, because I knew that it wouldn't tie into Final Crisis. And why are we having a two-month break from Final Crisis because it doesn't seem like there, it makes any sense, because it's supposed to be because stories like this are coming out, and it doesn't make like, any sense at all. Because the whole thing is that like, Final Crisis is not in any of the regular books, so what's the point of like having a break? Just so the tie-ins can come
0: out. Just just so the tie-ins can come out. I think it's supposed to show that because when the book comes back, it'll be a couple months later, and things will have drastically changed. So I think at that point you're you're kind of going to be looking at like it, it'll feel like it's been a while. So in in me- the meantime, like the Superman series will come out, the Flash Rogue series is coming out. This came out, and you get a, like little fill-ins, but when you come when we come back in two months. Then yeah, the, the entire landscape of the DCU has changed because the anti life equation has been released. But and they, what I thought but was things
1: still don't have any like like I read Rogue Revenge this week. We're not going to talk about it. It was an awesome book. It was great. Had nothing to, nothing to do with Final Crisis at all.
0: No, I know. I'm I'm not saying it's it's successful in in what it's doing, but that seems to be the way DC's idea to market it went. I'm, I'm not saying it makes sense, and and yeah, if you're if you're a stickler for continuity, you're gonna have a lot of problems with all this.
1: This is weird, but but and I guess um, I was listening to the DC Nation podcast, and Morrison basically says that he revealed it in the the podcast. Like, what happens is that when Orion and Darkseid were were fighting, Darkseid got pushed back through time or something, and that's where this is all coming from. That's what uh, that's okay. what Morrison said. <laughs> Morrison said it. I, yeah, I that's, yeah, I don't know if he was joking, but he kept. On, he said it a couple times. That's like that's where like these are all like echoes. Because he said like Darkseid is so powerful that when something would happen and when he went through time, it started creating all these ripples, and like that's what's going on.
0: Okay, well the story doesn't read like that so our, The story reads like as soon as all the New Gods died, they were basically reincarnated, reincarnated to theory. lesser bodies, which you know they go from gods and they fall from that state into human form and that's how we've seen them all so far as in human form i i, I don't think we've seen dark side yet but i, think, uh, where, I other,
1: thought i was under the assumption that the uh, turpin was supposed to be dark side
0: i don't think turpin's dark side i think turpin is is somebody but or or what is it see this is where it gets confusing. I, turpin's you know, involved this is where I, it
1: gets confusing oh it got confusing way before this
0: whatever Tur- Turpin's involved somehow of course but like I don't think he's I don't know he might be a vessel but I don't think he's one of the new gods cuz I think they're all original I-, I don't know it doesn't make sense because you think if they're reincarnated they'd all be babies right now but who knows <laughs> I, I- <laughs> again like I'm just I'm I'm waiting to see it all play out I'll make my decision when it's I- done I understand
1: I understand I'm just I just get frustrated because I like I want and this is more about like just how grant morrison tells stories like i don't like starting at the end and then catching up you know like i want yeah. to have things laid out and it's just frustrating for me personally so well, i think a whole,
0: we're get, we're the the whole story like the readers have been kept in the dark more than anyone else on this story for a very long time and and even to this point it's like things are things are starting to make sense but we still don't have clear-cut answers, and so at this point, it's like, yeah, okay, it's, it's a little frustrating, but you kind of have to just kind of power on through. So. I guess. So if uh, you want to power on through over to our website, you can find us at blogspot.com. Uh, You can also email us at contact at fanboystrikeback.com. We always love uh, getting emails, questions about the show, comments. We'd love to hear from you. Anything we could be doing better that you'd like to see on the show, um, that'd be fantastic. Uh, On our webpage, that's where we write our written review of the week, and we also just post kind of random news, things that interest us on there. Um, And we also have a link to our forums. So lately, we've been getting a lot of good talk on there. Uh, about the new Robocop feature about a bunch of new stuff going on so um, always glad to see that activity on the forums um, and you can find us on uh, most podcatchers out there
1: yep uh, iTunes, Podcast Alley, any podcatcher really, um, if you like the show please leave us a review
0: yes um, we would love reviews, good reviews in iTunes, would,
1: that would really help us out uh, spread the word of mouth tell your friends like Eric said, stop on by the site, come to the forum, um, we have a thread up because I just downloaded and played the Force Unleashed demo, and it is, oh, it is so good, I was actually worried a little bit about the game, because Star Wars games are a little, you know, hit, hit or miss, hit or miss yeah is, oh, it was good, I cannot uh, wait, comes out in about two weeks, it's, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then shoot us an email and we have voicemail also so if you want to leave us a voicemail it's uh 206-350-2354 call up ask a question uh just leave us your name tell us where you're from all that good stuff question comments we'll play it on the air um and i think that that's that's about it for this week a little bit shorter this week we just did the books but we'll be back next week with uh We'll have some more content. Top five, uh, something. We'll be we'll give up with something.
0: This you, is a you quality mentioned...
1: week. This is a pretty good week.
0: It, it was it was a good week. I, I spent some some I spent some money at the store. I this had week. a lot of
1: books. Oh, and oh, it, it pains me, but the Daredevil omnibus came out this week, and I still haven't picked it up. Money's been a little bit tight right now, but the, that is the my first. The, you know, the credit cards. It's a little tempting right now. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, you, you mentioned the Force Unleashed. Do you want to know what I downloaded today? the my, my new video game, uh, my Aquarium on a on, on the Wii, Wii channel. Ah, so I,
1: that is just as good as the Force Unleashed.
0: You know, I I really like the Aquarium. I set up my own little aquarium. I got some nice saltwater fish in there. I got a little oh, little coral, little you bubbles.
1: Really need to get an actual game console.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Well, like you said, money is a little tight right now. I'm, I'm basically like I'm trying to save up some money. I'm trying to pay off some credit card debt, so like all my extra money's going to that and so. You know,
1: like, the, yeah. you know what this is? This is like the old Sega commercials where Sega used to try to compare the Genesis to the Super Nintendo. So there's like a picture of me playing The Force Unleashed, having all this fun, and then there's a picture of you with your Wii in your little me aquarium.
0: Hey man, I got I got Wii Fit, man. If I I, I could work out if I wanted to. So, there you go. so, you so got there's me. that. I, you know, hey, I, I'm just saying, just saying. It's it's kind of like the the Mac PC commercials, right, David? Ugh, I hate Macs. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. All right, All it's right. time to go. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening this week, and we will be back next week, and we'll talk to you then.